0: Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
1: Hi there, and uh, welcome to the show. And man, it's nice to be in the mothership. I appreciate that. Uh, usually I'm coming to you from uh, a nondescript location somewhere deep in the caves of Northern California, uh, sequestered away in the Trinity Alps, but today I am uh, I'm here in the mothership in the Bay Area. It's good to be with you. Uh, we've only got 45 minutes today. We've got some other things we'll be doing later on in Lifeline, but uh, while Craig Roberts is away, the... The mouse will play, and uh, play we shall. Uh, we're going to get right to it because my guest today is. Uh, well, it's it's interesting. I, I first found out about this earlier in the week. Well, what day is today? Today is Thursday. Yes, so it was. It was early. Well, it was late last week actually, uh, when I when I found out that uh, this kid. It actually is not a kid anymore. Well, you know, be, at my age, yeah, most people are kids. <laughs> so it is, uh, ooh, we're getting feedback already. Thanks to the engineer. Thank you, Nate, very much. Okay, I'll turn myself down. How's that? Is that better? That's probably better. Um, yeah, this guy, this, uh, this young man, I've, I've, I've changed his diaper. I can remember changing this kid's diaper. Uh, His father and I go way back. Uh, We used to uh, worship together at Calvary Chapel Visalia in another lifetime. And uh, he has he has children that are tracking after the Lord in amazing ways. One specifically, especially tonight, as he joins us, he is actually running for District 16 Senator of the State of California. David Shepherd is our guest tonight. David, welcome to the program, and thank you for being uh, for being willing to step up and do something about our wonderful state, David. Where is? What'd you do with him, Nate? No, Nate is in there. Oh, okay. So, all right, Nate, quit juggling with our guests. (laughs) He's (laughs) he's not there. I can't hear him. All right, we're gonna figure this out. Uh, Let me tell you, um, this kid, this young man. It's just been a delight to watch grow up, uh, to give you an idea of just exactly the heritage that he is a part of. Uh, I was down visiting with his father and mother. Uh, they are dear friends that live out of Porterville area up in Three Rivers. And I, 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 I remember going to church with Frank and Hattie. And as uh, as I'm sitting there with Frank, I'm watching the kids file in for worship. It's like all the kids and all the grandkids. I mean, these are grown up, and they're still tracking with the Lord. And I thought, man, what a heritage. My friend and his wife have created a family that loves Christ and loves following after the Lord, and they are living life la vida loca. And uh, they are trying to be as at large as they can in their faith with Christ. And so when David—and I can remember this young man, oh, gosh— seven eight nine ten i'm gonna be in politics it was his desire as a young man and so he he did he went to college got some backgrounds on poli sci and all that other good stuff and um and, and now he gets the opportunity to do just that so are you done juggling with him David, are you there? Hello, hello. there you are. I, I, I apologize for Nate. He is—he's a juggler when he's not doing uh, radio, and and so you know, bowling balls, bowling pins, knives, and uh, people running for Senate. He'll juggle them. Andy, I,
2: I, thanks for having me on. I uh, um, I could hear you the whole time, and I was talking to myself there uh, for for a minute or two. Um, it's called practice. Yeah. It's yeah, a
1: dry so. run. It's a dry run. But we're good now. So we're good. I am glad you're with us tonight, man. And I am excited to be a part of this, uh, even as small as it is, because, uh, you know, I'm always excited when we have somebody willing to try and affect change in Sacramento for the greater good of our state, because it certainly needs change here, there, and everywhere. But especially when it is somebody that I've known as long as I've known you. And this has got me amped up, brother. I am excited. Excited that you've thrown your hat into the ring for this. What brought up? What brought this about? Why? Why did you decide to jump in now? What is? What's going on? Talk to us.
2: Well, yeah, India, that's a that's just really a, an interesting question. You know, it was it kind of fell into my lap. If I'm being completely honest, um, and I had always grown up looked up to individuals that had stepped out and um, stood up for what they believed in. And uh, when this opportunity came uh, about, I was contacted by some folks that said there was no uh, conservative voice, no Republican that was going to be running in this race. And so I, I took the leap, and it's really been a, uh, a step of faith for me and my family. Um, but we're, we're as excited as you are. Um, just really a you know, quick background on, on myself. My family is uh, fourth-generation farmers out of the Central Valley, and uh, my wife and I moved from Southern California um, after college up to the Central Valley. And, um, you know, honestly, I thought I was going to be working on the family farm mm-hmm. as my brothers are and my cousins, um, you know, and when this opportunity presented itself, I I really had to sit back and think, you know, is, is our way of life going to be sustainable? Is it going to be a path forward that my kids and my future generations will be able to um, say that their father um, created a, a lifestyle and a business um, that they could take over and you know, to be to be quite honest, and the way that the state of California is going forward right now, I, I couldn't say that that would have been the case uh, for my kids. And so I saw this as an opportunity to uh, fight for what I believe in, fight for the values um, that we all share as Americans and as believers in Christ. And uh, I really just think this is going to be a really good um, bellwether test in the state of California to to start flipping some of these seats from blue to red.
1: You know, in, and there are so many issues here. First and foremost, I, w- I want to get this out, especially for our listeners tonight, before they you know go. Well, you know, yeah, District Sixteen—that that doesn't sound familiar. I'm in the Bay Area. Where's District Sixteen? And if it's not in the Bay Area, why should it matter to me? So why don't you address those two right away, so our listeners know that th- th- there is a vested interest, no matter where you live in the state of California, for this district that you're actually running for.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there's two principal, uh, reasons why it's important. One, um, the, the, the district that I'm running in in particular produces, um, 80% of the world's almond supply. I mean, we, we're a heavy ag district. And so, as you know, the state of California, the Central Valley in particular, is, um, just very, um, ag efficient. And so what we're trying to do is, um, fight for water rights and fight for, um, you know, certain ways of life that uh, agricultural individuals are being forced out of in the state of California. So it is important for people in the Bay Area Area, uh, in particular just because, um, you know, folks every day, whether they know it or not, are going to the grocery stores, buying their groceries, and and uh, most of that is being grown right here in their backyard in the Central Valley. Ninety-seven percent of the table grapes grown in the U.S. comes from the Central Valley 99% of the world's pistachios comes from California. So, you know, I, I, it is something that, um, you know, folks in the, in the Bay area can get excited for, you know, um, and and should care about as all of these elections are coming up in the, in in November and in the June primaries. um, These are things to keep in in mind. So for one, you know, it affects them um, when they go to the grocery store, it's going to affect their pocketbooks when they're purchasing their groceries. But for two, this this race in particular, Andy, is 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 going to be one of the most important races. Um, from everything that I've been told by the folks that um, were first asking me to to jump into this race, this really looks like it's going to be an opportunity for for the Republicans to be able to take back um, some of the seats that were lost over the course of the last twelve years in the state of California. We've we've seen the supermajority take place. Uh, we've seen uh you know redistricting of lines now in 2022 and it really looks like this opportunity in particular is going to be a unique position for republicans to be actually taking back some of um, some of the seats that were lost uh, over the course of the last 12 years
1: So it really does matter, especially here in the Bay Area, especially for those of us on the conservative side of the aisle here in the Bay Area, looking on, going, well, like you mentioned, there is a supermajority. So, you know, what does it matter? You know, one guy, is that really going to make a difference? Well, you've got to start somewhere, don't you?
2: Oh, 100 percent. And if if folks, um, you know, and this is just something good for, for individuals to uh, keep in mind you know it's it's not just about them it's about the next generation as well and we're not just fighting for today we're fighting for tomorrow and and if we do not start today taking baby steps to get to where we want our state to be we're never going to get to the position of, of, of being to where you know we, we feel like um, we're in a good spot because to be honest, Having one-party rule in this state has led us down uh, an array of different issues that um, I could spend all evening talking to you about. Right. But, uh, you know, there, there's just there's so many different problems from water um, to crime currently to the education system that is affecting individuals, even in the even in the Bay Area with the the recall that just took place with those uh, uh, board of supervisors uh, for that school district. So I, I just think. You know, it's, it's an issue that's permeating not just the Central Valley. It's permeating all of California, all of the United States. There's a wave coming in 2022. And, uh, if you're not riding the wave, you're probably going to be knocked over by it, you know, and, right. and, and I, I think that California is, is going to be riding that wave as well.
1: We really are. We, we need to take a quick break. But before we do, I, I, just uh, real quick, uh, because I know that, you know, obviously it takes money to run a campaign. And I know that the Republican uh, Party is helping out, but it still requires all of us to step up as well. So you're more than welcome to visit shepherdforsenate.com it's a great place to go. You get to learn a little more about David, and you can donate right there as well. And we would encourage you to do just that. Uh, I'm stumping. <laughs> I'm stumping hard. <laughs> so, anyway, we're going to take a quick timeout and uh, pay some bills around here. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with David Shepherd. He is running for District 16 Senate here in the state of California. Desperately needed. We'll connect some more dots for you as to why it is vital here in the bay area that this young man gets into uh gets into sacramento and starts making some changes we'll be back with more on lifeline right after this and now back to lifeline that is us, Andy Ferrelland, in this evening for Craig Roberts, for at least for a few more minutes. Um, my guest tonight is David Shepard. He is running for District 16 Senate here in the state of California, and uh, as a as a conservative, as a as a Christian, a believer in Christ, um, and someone who is passionate about family values and the working class here in California, I'm excited that uh, he is a part of our show tonight. Uh, you you know, uh, David, you mentioned the the first segment that, uh, you know, w- we produce an awful lot of almonds, an awful lot of grapes. Uh, there's a variety of produce that comes out of the Central Valley. Water rights are huge. But again, just to further connect another dot here, because it is so important, and I know it's an issue you want to deal with, uh, not just the, the produce and water rights, but Something as simple as the gas tax that keeps California on the forefront of all of the pricing of gas. I mean, we we are more than even New York, downtown New York. I paid $5.25 a gallon today for a gallon of diesel, which is less refined than unleaded. Um, yeah. that you know, that, that's going to affect the price of getting all of that produce out of the Central Valley, isn't it? And, and that's one of the things you'll have, to, you'll have the ability to at least try and affect some kind of change. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Andy, it's, it's scary times we live in uh, when, when you are driving a fuel-efficient car and it's still uh, not efficient. Um, right. But, you know, we, we, are in, we are in unprecedented times with inflation. Uh, inflation's at a 40-year high right now um throw on top of that the gas tax uh like you mentioned the most expensive gas tax in the nation um, and and then you know you you look at these international conflicts that are taking place right. across the seas with Ukraine and Russia we could we could end up seeing very soon 7 8 dollars a gallon here yes. and you know as much as repealing the gas tax would would help Really, what we have to focus on too is is finding a way to become self sufficient with our own fuel. And you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in um, in, in clean energy. I, I do, you know, think that at some point, um, electric vehicles are going to be selling just as much as um, some some of these other conventional, more traditional yeah. styled, yeah, versions of of, of um, automotives. But right now. With the conflict that's about to take place in Russia and in Ukraine, um, it's just not feasible to not be shipping in and having our own supply of oil. Uh, we import almost 600,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia, and the Keystone Pipeline would have almost produced 830,000 barrels a day. You know, and we we just don't even need to be reliant on anyone at this point, especially when there's conflict taking place across. Um, a crossover in Europe you know right. and, and we're actively putting money in Putin's pocket to fund his campaign into uh, into rolling into Ukraine so where I believe um, you know we should be lowering taxes we should be able to have cheaper fuel uh, in our cars more than anything it's a national security issue that we're facing and we we have to be able to um, we have to be able to have our society still function no matter what happens but I'll tell you what Andy we're not going to be able to function when fuel's hitting 10 dollars a gallon no, no one's going to show up to the field no one's going to be doing the work you know no one's going to be wanting to pay those kind of prices and um, and you can't really ride a bicycle in 115-degree weather in the Central Valley. No. If you've been there, you know it's, just, yep. it's not, it's not going to be a practical way moving forward.
1: No, it isn't. Let's move. I, I want to try and get as much as we can in here. So I know that there's uh, basically you've got a three-pronged approach to what it is you want to try and affect change with. Water rights, of course, one of them. Crime and education as well. And before we even go further, let me again, and I'll do this as much as I can, uh shepherd s-h-e-p-a-r-d for senate.com that is the website you want to visit if you want to get behind uh david as he makes his run for district 16 senate here in the state of california let's uh let's address crime. i want to save the best for the last because as a family man i know you're passionate about that so i want to i want to save that for last let's let's touch on crime a bit um that is just, for for whatever reason, has just become so prevalent, especially here in California. What kind of change do you think you can affect? What is it you want hope to accomplish in Sacramento uh, once you get in?
2: Well, you know, um, the most interesting piece of um, uh, legislation actually was a proposition that has come forward in the last uh, five years was Prop Forty Seven that actually um, lowered the, the crime rates for misdemeanors, for smash and grabs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so right now you actually have Democrats and Republicans that are saying, enough's enough, we've got to change the system. And so, um, I mean, you're already starting to see some evolution there. But really, there's been a campaign by some, some big left-leaning uh, donors to, to fund campaigns to put certain VAs into certain counties to be able to not prosecute. These, these DAs oh, and, and a lot of these counties are, are sitting in these positions funded by certain left leaning individuals um, to not prosecute. And so what I would like to see is just a, a stricter sentencing. You know, I would like to see our streets safe. We've had two dead bodies dumped on my family's ranch in the last uh, two, two or three months. And then we've had an employee held up at gunpoint. It's, it's scary to live where I live. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but my wife, doesn't want to go outside all the time because we don't know what could happen. And, and granted, it's just um, it's getting worse and worse uh, as, the, as the times are, are getting um, scarier and scarier. And so I just think right now we need to focus on legislation that's going to um, make these laws a little bit more strict and we have to focus on, on some reform um, and, and having our DAs actually enforcing the laws that are on the books because unless we have that, um you know people are going to continue to be released from prisons they're not even going to go to prison in some cases yeah. um and you know in, in in as far as child um you know sexual exploitation that's taking place it's just the numbers have gone through the roof and so i, I have a very young family i have uh, a one a one and a half year old and i have a two month old kid i want a better future for them i want them to be able to uh be safe when we're taking them on walks when we go to the park and i want to know that my wife is going to be safe with, you know, where she's at. And I think that this is a, a bigger, broader issue in the state of California. It's not just, you know, unique to here. I think people in the Bay Area as well understand these are issues that average folk like you and I have to deal with every day. And, and, and frankly, I've had enough. I'm ready. I'm ready to, to legislate some change. Well,
1: God willing, you'll be able to do so. And and just as we go to break again, I just want to also mention real briefly, you've got some decent uh, endorsements behind you as well on this race, don't you? Uh, Kevin McCarthy being one of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have um, a lot of um, uh, influential folks in in the party. So I have Kevin McCarthy. I have our local sheriff, uh, Mike Boudreaux. Um, I have our local district attorney Tim Ward. I have uh, the neighboring state senator Shannon Grove, um, Connie Conway, um, we, we, Vince Fong. We built a great coalition um, of other Republicans that want to see this seat taken over. So I hope I hope uh, your listeners today can can join the bandwagon and and we can start flipping some of these blue seats red.
1: Re, uh, redistricting definitely has its uh, benefits, and God willing, it'll be a, a real nice win for us. Again, um, Senate dot senatecom is, uh, is the place to go. We'd love to have you on board. Shepard, S-H-E-P-A-R-D, for senatecom We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, the passion of uh, David Shepherd's heart and one of the main reasons he is running for senator. We'll be back right after this. And now, back to Lifeline. My guest is David Shepard. He is running for Senator, District 16, and that is the, the Valley, pretty much Bakersfield, almost to Fresno, and uh, spots in between. He is also uh, a family man, and he's got some serious issues he thinks he can affect change at uh, in Sacramento, uh, water rights being one of them, uh, inflation, gas prices, crime is huge, but I know your heart, David. Uh, you are... You are your dad's son, uh, and I know that through and through. So family is huge. Children are massive in your mind and in your thinking. And along those lines, I know that you are really looking to do some changes in the educational system here in California. Talk to us about that.
2: You know, it's, uh, it's a crazy state that we live in. Um, just the, the policy that's coming through from Sacramento is just not conducive really. It's not gonna be sustainable in the long term. Um, so I wanna focus on a few things that are near and dear to me. One of them is uh, gonna be the special education. Uh, my sister, um, Caitlin, she's she's developmentally handicapped and uh, there would have been no uh, method or way that growing up I think my mom would have uh, felt comfortable putting her through um, the public education system. I wanna see more money. Uh, Allocated to, to the special needs uh, program. My mother-in-law is a special uh, education teacher as well. So like I said, this, this is um, something that's pretty near and dear to me, and I think that, um, you know, as a society, if we're focusing on education, we should make sure that the most vulnerable are, are taken care of uh, first. And, and right now, the, with the way that the state has things allocated, a lot of times um, the special education students are, uh, are are some of the last uh, to be taken care of as far as having resources allocated to them, as far as um, having um, you know specific um, necessary things that they would need in the classroom. And um, I, I would like to see more uh, focus and effort um, in taking care of uh, special education. Also, the other thing is uh, I want I want parents and families to be able to have the opportunity to have a choice with their kids and and where they want to send their kids whether that's to a charter school or a public school um right now the charter schools are they're kind of getting um the short end of the stick as we say and you know they're um, they're left out of a lot of um, funds and after school programs and um i think it's uh, predominantly because the unions have such a strong control over uh the charter school system um, as a kid who was homeschooled growing up, um, a lot of this is foreign to me, but I realized that as a parent, um, I want to have the same opportunity that my parents had, which was to choose um, you know how we wanted our kids to be educated moving forward. And I think that as a parent, uh, a household that has two uh, working parents, anyone should be able to decide, okay, I want to send my kid to this school or I want want to send my kid to this school, and you want your kids to have equal opportunities at any school that they go to, whether it's homeschooled, whether it's charter school, whether it's uh, just a traditional public school or even private school. Uh, and so I want to focus on, in particular, where the state money is going to, because in the charter school system, those kids are they're getting left out of, of the conversation. So I, I, I'm passionate about it because I have kids now of my own, as young as they are, um, but we need to be working towards a, a more equitable future for for the disadvantaged. Uh, my, my district in particular has a lot of, um, you know, poor folks, and, and I want to see to it that they have just as much of an opportunity to put their kids into the best education system as, um, as any other individual that lives in the district.
1: And of course, I would imagine, uh, um, Philip, Jake, Becca, they're, they're all behind you on this, or, or is there sibling jealousy?
2: <laughs> in 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 what regard are you, are you referring are, to have
1: have they already are they are they uh, are they helping to fund you if not no. i you know i can send some friends down to, to squeeze them
2: <laughs> <laughs> well that's always a good thing i mean being the youngest being the youngest of five i would uh, always appreciate to have my older siblings uh, when well, i did that you know I, I i know I know
1: how the young ones kind of yeah the young ones tend to get bowled over by the older siblings, so yeah you, you need some protection let me know i got I've got a couple of guys whose last names end in vowels and they they wear lots of gold jewelry well <laughs>
2: they they're all incredibly supportive. I really couldn't have asked for a more supportive family, and you know you know Andy I more do. than anyone else I uh, do. just how. My my parents, uh, my brothers, and my sisters uh, everyone's just really coalesced uh, behind my campaign right now, and it's pretty surreal. Um, I, I'm not going to lie, um, you know, just to see how God opens and closes doors for a reason. Yeah, um, you know, we were we were put on this earth for a reason, and um, and I'm just trying to follow the footsteps that. I believe I was created um, and put on this earth for.
1: I really, David. You know, to to our audience, I really believe. I, I honestly believe that the Shepherd family is one of those rare families that has a closet with the door wide open. It's vacant there, and uh, the the integrity and the honor of the Shepherd family. Is just it? That's what excites me the most about this campaign: the fact that I know you enough to know that the honor, and integrity is there to do a job that needs to be done, and y- you'll do what you say you're going to do. And that that's exciting to me. And I, I hope and pray that it's, it's exciting to our listeners as well. One final question before I let you go, and I'm, I'm sure it's on the minds of a lot of listeners. You know, you've they've listened to us for the last uh, 40 minutes or so. It's like, oh, okay, it's great. You know, you're Republican, you're you're shooting for the state Senate and you want to get into Sacramento and you want to make these changes. But, uh, you know, honestly, um, I look at Sacramento and it's it's as cobalt blue as blue gets. And it's a super majority. Do you really think you're going to affect any kind of change at all? Why? Why should I get behind you when I know nothing really is going to change, David.
2: You know, I uh, I would have imagined that the Israelites would have said the same thing about David when he went before Goliath. You know, <laughs> what, what do you think you can actually do? Um, we are facing uh, a, of an uphill battle that I don't think um, is really uh, similar to any other part of the nation right now. It is so blue in the state. It is a, a, a bastion of liberal ideas and ideologies. Um, I really believe that this race is going to be the bellwether um, race for 2022, um, just due to the redistricting lines. Um, you know, here's some just basic facts. The the last conservative that won this race was about eight years ago. His name was Andy Vidak. He won this race when it was a, a D plus 20. That means that the registration was so favored for Democrats um, that no one expected him to win. And Lo and behold, he did. Uh now four years ago he lost by less than two thousand votes to a gal named Melissa Hurtado who just uh declared her candidacy against my campaign. Right. Um and and now due to the redistricting. It's actually only a D plus twelve um uh, margin in this district now. So so the odds are way more in our favor. And, uh, and 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 you just look at the momentum that is building across the United States right now, uh, as far as education is concerned, crime, inflation, there's gonna be more of a voter turnout this midterm election because the Republicans are showing up and they're saying, I've had enough. I've had enough of Biden's policies. I've had enough of Gavin Newsom's policies. I'm ready to take the masks off. I'm ready to move forward with my life. You know, we have moved from the pandemic to the endemic phase of this virus. And I think that as a whole, we are ready to move forward and that it looks like having new leadership um, and it looks like having um, conservative values put forward that has never been put forward in the way that uh, that California has seen. We have never seen the tide turn for Republicans in the state. But mark mark my words, Andy, it's it's happening this November. People are fired up.
1: Amen and amen. Tell you what, brother, we are almost out of time. Just enough to pray for you and leave our listeners with your uh, website address one more time. So let's do just that. Father, we do pray that your grace and your strength would be shown in David, that you would give him the wisdom and the spiritual uh, wherewithal to uh, weather this race, come out on top, and all for your glory. May his work in Sacramento be something that is delightful to you and honoring to you and uh, honoring to your children and all the people of California. Go before David, Father, in an amazing way for your glory. Amen and uh yeah shepherd4senate.com s h e p a r d 4 senate.com you'll see his his ugly mug and oh man that's no he doesn't have a face for radio <laughs> i do that's me i'm sorry no he's a tapper young man he really is he's he's a cool looking kid you got to go for this guy i'm telling you it's going to be a, it's going to be the beginning of some great changes in california david thanks for joining us here tonight Thanks for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. All right, we are uh, we're wrapping things up. I, I, I guess uh, Nate, we've got other stuff going on after this, right? So we'll take a break. And Doctor Santucci is uh, Craig Roberts' guest. Woohoo! The magic of radio. So we'll do that right after this. And now back to Lifeline.
4: Many men with low testosterone report improved energy levels, improved libido, and mood after testosterone treatment. Testosterone levels in men decline over time as we age. Joining us today is Dr. Thomas Santucci, D.C., founder of the Advanced Region's Men's and Women's Health Center. Dr. Santucci, tell us, what are some of the symptoms of low testosterone? Well,
3: testosterone is a very misunderstood hormone. When we're looking at the hormone cascade, we start with cholesterol, yes, cholesterol has a good use in the human body, and make a hormone called pregnenolone, which we used to think cascaded to the various sex hormones. We now know that pregnenolone cascades to something called DHEA, and then to testosterone, and that estrogen is then derived from it. So testosterone, first of all, is vital for men and women. The symptoms of low testosterone can be mixed. Fatigue, loss of energy, moodiness, depression are among the first signs a patient may exhibit but not be aware that it's from low testosterone. So we tend to underreport these. In men, symptoms include sexual drive and performance. In women, low testosterone can show up as low estrogen. So we need to get it tested.
4: Now I'm curious then, when do men on average begin to start feeling a decline in things like energy, metabolism, and libido?
3: It's a great question because the problem with us men is we don't notice things. When women have a change in their hormonal cycle, it's pretty obvious. When we have a change, it's much, much more subtle. It's a gradual decrease in energy, strength, stamina, and maybe sexual performance. So the research shows us that the actual decline starts as low as age 30.
4: So, we understand then some of the symptoms, but I'm curious, Dr. Santucci, many of the listeners are probably curious as to what the specific test is used then to identify testosterone levels.
3: There are several avenues of hormone testing available to us. In the day, we were using saliva testing, something called blood spot testing, and urine testing. And they gave us different aspects of hormonal activity. The most medically accepted and indeed reliable method of hormone testing is using the patient's blood labs to reveal testosterone and other support hormones like thyroid and DHEA. The free testosterone show us the available testosterone that your body utilizes. The question for many of our listeners is, did you get the right thing tested?
4: And therein lies an important question. What's the fundamental difference between the oral testosterone and the platelet testosterone therapy?
3: So we've been doing this for about 30 years, and hormone therapy has progressed a lot and evolved in the last 20 years. There's a lot of research that shows that there's widespread medical consciousness on the oral testosterone. Oral testosterone, unfortunately, has many side effects, including problems with liver metabolism that can increase blood clots. So it's generally considered an unhealthy way to administer. When we're looking at pellet therapy, the pellet therapy track record is almost flawless. When we're looking at our delivery system, there's been no adverse medical events with it at all.
4: Let me revoice that question because I it looked like pellet. Let me say that again. Between oral testosterone and testosterone pellet therapy. Okay, then we'll edit that in. Great. So I'm curious then, doctor, is there a one-size-fits-all approach to this from every... Let me say it again. So I'm curious, Dr. Santucci, is there a one-size-fits-all approach that works for all patients, or does this really have to be gauged based on individual circumstances?
3: So bioidentical hormone therapy is the best of functional medicine, so it's really the place for individual answers. By measuring hormone levels specifically and considering individual situations, age, hormone status, symptoms, we tailor the best plan. Pellet therapy is emerging as a very viable new, although it's been in existence for about 80 years, and it allows us to dose more consistently with far better patient results. The delivery system is closest to our natural release system.
4: So I'm curious, earlier on, you mentioned, of course, a connection between things like energy levels, libido, mood, but can testosterone also help with things like weight control?
3: Yes, it can. It's indirect, but testosterone can help with fat loss because it's a muscle-building hormone. So it restores muscle, which will be a blessing to many of our older patients, but it helps balance insulin and supports thyroid hormones, which can also directly contribute to weight management.
4: There are maybe some listeners listening right now who think, wow, I think maybe we're on to something here. This may be at last the answer I've been seeking. Toward that end, how soon can a patient be seen in your center?
3: Well, almost immediately. We've staffed up for this, and our process is to start with blood work. All you have to do is give us a call. We get the initial labs going for you, which greatly increases the value of your initial consult. At the end of a 40-minute consult where we review your situation, we'll be able to make recommendations for hormone intervention.
4: Before we came on the air today, you mentioned, Doctor, about a special offer for our listeners. You indicated you're offering a free initial consultation and $100 off initial blood work to get folks started with hormone restoration. Tell us more about that.
3: Yes, the message here is that hormone restoration is sensible and affordable. We want to make this an easy decision. I want to make this available to your family the way I've made it available to myself, my family, and my patients.
4: So to get more information, simply call the Men's and Women's Health Center at 408-871-8222. That's 408-871-8222. Remember, Dr. Santucci is offering a free initial consultation and $100 off the initial blood work to get you started with hormone restoration. So call today and schedule your appointment at the Men's and Women's Health Center, 408-871-8222. That's 408-871-8222. Final question for you, Dr. Santucci, a lot of listeners undoubtedly wondering, is this really right for me, and what kind of differences have you seen this replacement therapy bring in the lives of your patients?
3: When we're looking at the changes um, in both men and women, there's an energy change and a vitality change. It shows up after a few weeks. Um, Certain individuals... Uh, are seeing changes, physical changes, where there's less inflammation. So their knees, shoulders, elbows work without pain. Other people are seeing their hair being thicker. With me, my hair is thicker and my beard is getting um, black in it. It was completely white before. So it's, it's a return to vitality more than anything else
4: and while results certainly vary from individual to individual the best way to find out the difference that this can make for you is to take advantage of the special consultation and the $100 off the initial blood work offer by calling the men's and women's health center today at 408-871-8222 that's 408-871-8222 dr thomas santucci thank you so much for your time today